The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Number 21460 KX 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon as promised with plenty of NFL conversation. Uh, coming up here this hour, if you're a fan of one of the regional teams, Trent and I spend a lot of time on them. You won't miss your squad uh, as we'll talk about the Packers and the Chiefs and the Vikings and the Bears, and we'll do so all season long. And the draft comes and goes. We are past the midway point in the offseason. Trent Condon. You're counting it down. It's all downhill from here. Dave Sinekin kicks off our number two. I'm guessing he had kind of a um, mixed emotions watching the draft this weekend when the news broke about 4 o'clock on Thursday. You're so excited for the draft, and who are you going to restock your team with? And then Adam Schefter drops a Sheft bomb. Uh, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com is where you can read Dave's blog all year round. He's covered the Packers, Packer preview on KFAN this season with Marcus' 26th year of Sunday morning Packer conversation. Hello, Dave, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm okay. You're right. Uh, after weeks of getting excited about the draft and thinking about what you know holes might get plugged, to have that story break just that mm. uh, was about uh, the last thing any Packer fan wanted to hear, and it made the draft seem really, really uh, lower down in the old totem pole. Yeah, no, Don. And conversely, from from where I sit as a Bronco fan. Uh, it was jubilation, right? Because we, are you kidding me? <laughs> Peyton Manning a few years ago, and now this Hall of Famer is going to fall into our laps, and of course it didn't, and we don't know if it will. So where are we, Dave? Does it seem like when Rogers was at the Derby and Tarico tried to get him to go on camera, and he really didn't want to, although he did make it clear that he loves Packer fans and he loves the team. It's just uh, internally, where are we at this point, Rogers and Gutekunst? Can this be patched up? Yeah, I mean, nobody obviously knows until Aaron Rodgers actually speaks and doesn't do his passive-aggressive, let's plant this story here and this story there. So until Rodgers talks, we don't really know exactly where he's at. My take is this. I, the timing, you know, to come out on draft day and say, I don't want to play there anymore, if you really feel that way, you make that comment two weeks earlier and give Green Bay a time to you know, figure out, are we really going to do this? Let's make a trade you know, before the draft. Here's what I think went down, because I, I have to believe after the MVP season, Rodgers came to the front office and said, all right, I need you to promise and, and extend my contract. Let me know I'm going to be the quarterback here for three years or two years even, because um, there are reports saying Green Bay wouldn't commit beyond 2021. If that's the case, I, I don't blame Rodgers. You have an MVP season. You're, you're, you've proven you can play for two, three more years. Mm-hmm. I think if that's what happened, Green Bay should have assured him that we will tear up your contract, extend it, and commit to you for 2021, 2022, and even maybe 2023. And if that did not happen, if they said, no, we're not going to do it, I think at that point he said, all right, well, then I'm, you know, find me a new home. I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to play on a one-year deal. I don't think I deserve that. And I don't think they believed him. And that's why we heard reports of all three of the Packers' a triumvirate of power flew out on separate occasions to talk to him and and I think try to change his mind. And I kind of equate to what happened up here in Minneapolis a couple of years ago with Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler. Oh. But Jimmy said, I'm done. I don't want to play with this group. And, and Tibbs didn't believe him and refused to trade him. And 
and thought that he was just joshing. I think it's kind of the same thing. I think Rodgers put his foot down at the end of the season. No one took him real seriously, and, and now he's made the point that, all right, this is where we're at, and I am serious. That's a guy that's had uh, famously a bad relationship with his family, mm-hmm. hold his grudges. Uh, he's just a different kind of guy. Ultimately, is he a pain in the butt? I mean, is, is that just who he is and it doesn't matter where he goes? I don't know. I, I see him at times. He doesn't feel like he has a whole lot of fun out there compared to some other quarterbacks. Not as much fun as Brett Favre had at the very least. No, I think that's fair. I, I think he is a pain in the butt. I think all Hall of Fame superstars, maybe not all, but the elite elitist of the elite from Michael Jordan to Tiger Woods to Tom Brady to you know all those guys they can be a pain in the butt and I know people that work at the organization that would tell you behind closed doors yeah it's a pain in the butt but so is Brett Favre and that's just <laughs> what you have to deal with but you know Aaron Rodgers is a different kind of cat he's got so many different interests uh he's a smart guy uh football is not you know his whole existence and uh, I, I just think that you got to treat guys like that a little differently. And like I said, if, if they really refuse to commit to him beyond 2021 after the season, well, that's a that's a big mistake by the organization in my mind. Jordan Love was an insurance policy. If Rodgers continued to look like he did in 2018 and 2019, he didn't look like that in 2020. He looks like he has a lot of football left. And if Green Bay uh, – had made him a little more sure of his immediate future here, I think this thing would have played out a whole lot differently. Uh, Dave Sinekin is our guest. TheHeadCheese.com is his blog, covers the Packers, and has for over, uh, well, a quarter of, uh, quarter of a century. Sorry about that, yeah. Dave, but it's true. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so so who, would blink, who would blink first, Dave, with the Packers knowing that, I don't know what kind of bounties out there for a 37-year-old quarterback, how many first-round picks, I hear three, seems like a lot, but, I mean, this was the MVP of the league. So would they turn up their nose at having that come their way just to let Aaron Rodgers, who seemingly won't play for the Packers, do something else away from football? If it comes to that point, don't the Packers have to blink? Yeah, I think so. I think ultimately they do. I mean, Truthfully, they could let him retire and, and ask for $12 million back this year and $12 million back next year because that's what he would owe Green Bay, um, along with not getting his salary, obviously, this year. And that's a whole lot of money. And, and you know, I just think after 16 years, if if they kind of misstepped through this whole thing, which I, I do think happened, I think ultimately they'll realize we didn't handle this the best way. We own some of this. You might argue Rodgers owns more because the organization built a great team around him and paid him a whole lot of money and all that. But, yeah, I could see uh, sometime in mid-June, you know, once the salary cap numbers change after June 1st, I could see them starting to look at the writing on the wall and say, all right, we're going to ship to the AFC. Ken's team needs a quarterback. Uh, we can get Teddy Bridgewater back to be a stopgap and a bunch of draft picks and maybe another player, and we'll, uh, we'll move on. Makes sense. Yeah. And uh, Ken uh, filled us in Friday, those cap numbers, and how significant that is going to change. With that, all right, Jordan Love, what do we know about this guy? Anything. And a two-parter. Jordan Love, I want to get your perspective on him. And secondly, is there a non-zero chance that Aaron Rodgers has played his last football? Or is that completely off the board? He'll play in some form or fashion. Yeah, I don't think he's done playing, and and I think his legacy is important to him, and he wants to go to another Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. uh, whatever happens, I don't think he can go to a place where he'll have a better chance to win another Super Bowl than Green Bay because mm-hmm. 
They're going to ship him to the AFC. We all know how tough the AFC's gotten. You could list the young quarterbacks there um, for the next 30 seconds. I mean, it's a, and if it's Denver, we know that division's tough. And you still have Josh Allen and Cleveland and Baltimore and maybe Miami. But there's there's some teams in the AFC, so that's that's not going to be a, an easy road for him if if that's what happens. And I do think that's what's most important to him is his legacy and, and getting to another Super Bowl. But I think, you know, he drew a line in the sand. He's the kind of guy that's going to stick to it. I don't think he's played his last game. I do think uh, he will play in 2021. I still think there's a slight chance it's in Green Bay. Um, but I, you know, if I'm a betting man, I, I think he's done. I think he's going to move on. Uh, Dave, uh, the, just the draft overall, they had a lot of picks, if uh, if nothing else. Not sure. Uh, they took a cornerback late in the first round, um, and then uh, the center from Ohio State as they try and, and move on. Well, they have to move on from Lindsley. He's a charger, after all, and he was so darn good. Just your thoughts on, on what they did this past uh, three days trying to rebuild the franchise. Well, I, I think they made picks believing Aaron Rodgers is going to be on their team because unlike last year when they didn't draft for need and they went quarterback, running back, tight end to the displeasure of most Packer fans, this year they addressed their needs uh, with their first three picks. Cornerback uh, was their number one need. I was hoping they might be able to jump up to get Farley or Newsom, mm-hmm. uh, the top two corners after the, the two that were going to go early in Horn and Sertan. Uh, but they didn't go up, and they, they settled on Eric Stokes, who's a speed guy and a tall um, press man coverage kind of guy that would complement J.R. Alexander really well. We all know it was the opposite cornerback in the NFC title game that really helped yep. held Green Bay back. And Kevin King is back, but uh, Eric Stokes gives him some nice competition, if not right away, I think pretty soon down the road. Um, they always go offensive line early. The kid from Ohio State might be a center, might be a guard. I think he'll start either way. And then they get Amari Rogers, uh, the the slot receiver, the Debo Samuel, Randall Cobb type slot receiver that this Green Bay offense has lacked and is needed. And I think we were all excited about a possible Rogers to Rogers connection. Mm-hmm. I mocked it that way in my mock draft, thinking he might be the guy they targeted late in the second round, which they almost took him in the second round. They ended up trading up in the third to get him. So I really like those three picks uh, to have a really early impact on a Packer team that hopes to contend for a Super Bowl again with number 12. And if not, they have added, uh, as I say, pieces in places. They really needed them. Uh, they drafted two more linemen, which is what they do. Uh, they drafted a defensive lineman, and they got a running back late. So some nice depth pieces. This is not a team that's looking for starters, obviously. They're pretty much set to win, uh, provided that their Hall of Fame quarterback is under center. What do you overall think of Brian Gutekunst, the general manager of the Packers? A couple years now into the tenure, taking over – a behemoth of a name in Ted Thompson. How would you grade his era to this point? Obviously, June 1st, uh, that might change your grading. Yeah, I mean, the grade obviously revolves around the Jordan Love pick. I said uh-huh. it at the time. He put a big target on his back early on in his career, which he didn't need to do. He mm-hmm. could have coasted along, taking a guy like T. Higgins, and you know we would judge his entire draft year by year. But he's going to be um, you know, judged, obviously, by what happens with Jordan Love. Now, beyond that, uh, what he's done better than Ted Thompson did late in his career is he's made some really nice early picks. You know, with those two ones with Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary, those are three defensive pieces that look like longtime starters for for this team. Um, Depth-wise, it's still too early. He's only had three drafts. It's hard to tell uh, in those later picks who's going to last and who isn't. His first draft didn't provide anybody beyond um, – 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, after the first day. So that one didn't hit as well. But the last couple of years have been better. I give it a B. I, I, he's been a lifelong scout. He's been a part of the organization for 25 years. He keeps the Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson philosophy on how to draft and develop. And if you look at the, man, the, the offensive line success they've had on day three and, and how that offensive line has always been strong with Barb and Rodgers, that's where they build their teams. Uh, Goody's made some nice picks there. Elton Jenkins, obviously, he hit out of the second round a couple years ago who was a pro bowler in his second year and is going to be one for a long, long time. So I think he's good at his job. I think uh, he has mismanaged the communication part with Rodgers because he's a different cat and that's not easy. Um, I think a lot of guys might have done that. But as I said, regardless of how good a talent evaluator scout he is, he, uh, he wrapped his career around the Jordan Love pick, and that's, uh, that's where his future lies. Uh, last thing for you, Dave, just uh, just your take on, obviously the Bears get a quarterback, the Vikings address some area of needs, and Panay Sewell is going to play left tackle in Detroit for a long time. Your thoughts on the rest of the division? Yeah, I think all three teams, outside of the Packers, who had to wait till the end, had really nice Thursday nights, obviously headlined by the Bears uh, with their latest savior. And, and I always like Justin Fields. It pains me now to have to not root for him right. as a guy that doesn't like the Bears. But I, I give... That front office, uh, man, they, they got another shot at a quarterback, so that, that's good for them. They'll be around for a couple of years. I do think Fields has a chance. It's just a, an organization that's never done it and a, a school that hasn't produced great quarterbacks, so Fair it's point. got a couple things against them. But, but I love the Bears taking a shot. The Lions get the tackle, fall in their laps. That was, that was great for them. And for the Purple uh, to have the guts to move down to 23, knowing there was maybe one tackle left there that they wanted that had the last nine picks. I do give Spielman credit for rolling the dice that he would get his guy at 23 and then add two-thirds to give them a chance to be a little more creative, take a quarterback, take a couple shots. So I thought the Vikings did well, too. I thought the North, uh, outside of Green Bay, all made pretty big, strong statements on Thursday night. Good stuff, Dave Sinekin. Thanks for giving us a good long hit here. We appreciate it. We'll talk in the weeks ahead. Anytime, guys. Thank you. TheHeadCheese.com, Dave Sinekin, as uh, we talk Packers. Well, let's get to the AFC West champs, shall we? They didn't have a first-round pick. They picked up their left tackle instead. Mm -hmm. But, boy, that offensive line, uh, Nick Atham, by the way, uh, joins us, PrimetimeSports.com. It's a terrific site if you want to read about – you won't find – You'll be, it's difficult to stump them over there if you want to talk about a team. <laughs> PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Uh, he joins us at Chiefs Insider on Twitter. Nick, obviously, what we saw in the Super Bowl, uh, and, and granted, right. Tampa Bay's defense is as good as there was yep. uh, in the yep. NFL last year, and they made Patrick Mahomes run for his life. Uh, they've got a big investment, as Trent pointed out, a half a billion dollars. Yep. They were going to do everything they could, right, to, uh, to address that. They did in the offseason, and then they started again in the draft. I, I, I love what they've done this offseason. Your thoughts on what they did in the two days as they didn't uh, participate Thursday night? Well, I think it's, to be honest with you, it's quite remarkable what Brett Feach was able to pull off in a matter of months. He basically has rebuilt that entire offensive line and not with a whole lot of second guessing and not with a whole lot of guys that are fringe. Um, these are guys that can play, contribute right away. I mean, pulling off the Brown trade, I mean, I talked about this last week. I don't know what the Ravens were thinking. It's the dumbest thing they could have possibly done. I don't even care what their draft, what, what they gained in draft picks or players. You just don't trade that caliber of player. And then you get Creed Humphrey, who Love I thought Humphrey. was the best, second best center in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you find Trey Smith, who was the third, second or third 
best guard in this draft, depending on who you talk to. Obviously, there's some medical stuff, but, you know, the Chiefs did their due diligence. And so if you look at it across the board, you got five new brawlers. I mean, all five of these guys. You got Niang. I don't think uh, the good doctor is going to be a factor. You got Chris Long. You know, you got Thune. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a luxury of riches. And for me, uh, to be able to find those two offensive linemen in this draft rated so high where the Chiefs picked them in the set, late second and the sixth, respectively, um, just kudos to, to Brett Feach. Now they have a line for the next five years they probably don't have to worry about. So a uh, couple more questions there. You mentioned you don't expect the Canadian doctor to do a whole lot, Laurent Derny mm-hmm. Tardif. How about Austin Blythe, the former Iowa Hawkeye, came in as a free agent, yep. ticketed to be the starting center. Is, is that job his? Is it a battle with him and Humphrey? How do you expect those two things to go? I think if Humphrey, if Humphrey um, assimilates the offense, um, gets in a good rhythm with Patrick, um, I think he'll get the edge. Now, it's always good to have Blythe. You need a backup. Obviously, we needed that last year. Um, didn't really materialize very well. Um, he only signed a one-year deal. It was less than a million, so basically it was the NFL minimum. Um, I, I, I don't think the Chiefs lied to him about it. I think, you know, they told him that, hey, you know, we're going to add depth to this offensive line, and it's going to be a battle. And, uh, you know, I think for the first time under the Andy Reid era, the best five offensive linemen are going to start. And sometimes that hasn't been the case in the last five years. Um, I think Daniel Kilgore should have been the starting center last year. Um, he would have, I think, helped Patrick Mahomes up the middle quite a bit. But um, I think they learned their lessons. They got their uh, their tails kicked. And uh, these guys are going to take this as a badge of honor. Um, but, but he's in an uphill battle, I think, to, to become the starter. Uh, wide receiver was an area that seemingly, and I know they took one, but Powell uh, played at Clemson, and you know his quarterback was pretty good. Dot dot dot. Not the quickest wide receiver, which is why he fell as far as he right. did. Do you think they did enough at the wide receiver position, Nick? As we sit here the third day of May, might that be? I don't want to call it a weakness, but the one area that maybe needed a little bit more of an upgrade than it got. Well, I got two lines of thinking on this one. I mean, because I think, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a McCole Hardman fan, and I'm not a Robinson fan, and I think Pringle's okay, but he's like a four receiver. So the Chiefs don't really have a two, uh, in my opinion. Losing losing uh, Sammy Watkins, you guys know I've been a, a huge Sammy Watkins fan. When he's healthy, he helps pass from home. Cornell Powell is going to definitely help. He's going to work in the slot. He's a, he runs good routes. He's got good hands. He doesn't have blazing speed, but you know we can count on everybody's fingers and toes how many good receivers are out there who don't have blazing speed that are good possession receivers that can make plays and fight for 50-50 balls. So this leads me to think that the Chiefs didn't address this, you know, in the in the second or the second round that a guy like Julio Jones might be available to Kansas City, and I would not be shocked and come to find out in mid June that the Chiefs have made a deal to get him. I think they're going to add a veteran wide receiver. I don't think there's any question. They've got some young guys and some unproven guys that they've kind of been stashing on the roster and the practice squad that, that could step up and play. But to me, the lack of wide receiver drafting in the early round, uh, that tells me the Chiefs are eyeing a veteran. All right. I got a random question here. But saw the story last week of guy trying to make the team, tight end Sean Culkin. And if he makes the team, he's going to be paid all in Bitcoin what uh-huh. really? Can you can you help me out at all yeah. here? Because I feel like I should know. I've read a ton about it, and I still don't get it. You know, in the old days when I was in the stock market, I, I played penny stock. Uh-huh. All right, 
And so basically penny stocks, you buy something for four or five cents and you hope it goes to a buck. I did pretty well back in my days, and Bitcoin is kind of like the same thing. It's, it's low money now, but it could, it could multiply, quadruple. Um, you, know, uh, you know, Russell Okung did it last year, got half his pay, and he made almost, uh, I think, $12 million off a $6 million investment. Wow. So it, it's, it, you know, it's one of the rages right now. I've got guys in my office that, that, that dabble in that stuff all day long, and you know, I just, I like the good old green that I can either put in a bank or stuff underneath my mattress. So that's just how I am. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of old school. I'm yeah. with you there. Uh, Nick Athen, uh, primetimesportstalk.com. Nick, do you, are you still looking for bloggers at Primetime Sports Talk? You guys get yep. filled up? Yeah, always looking. We're never going to fill up. So we're just going to keep hiring and hiring. And, you know, we've got a, we've got a great thing going now. We've got some new partnerships that we're excited about. So if anybody just wants to write, if you've never written before, you want to be a blogger, you know, we'll train you. We'll work with you. Hey, the pay is not great, but at least you get your voice out there, and it can grow into something. So, um, just uh, just reach out to me. My personal email: chiefsinsider at gmail.com. I'm happy to uh, to discuss it with you. Chiefsinsider at gmail.com. Nick Athen on the Chiefs. Nick, we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Thanks for doing this for us. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys as well. Take care. Good to talk to you. Nick Athen on the. AFC West champions who rebuilt their offensive line in a big way. I still think they need receiver help. Yes, they've got a great tight end. Yes, they've got Tyreek Hill. But after that, yeah, it's kind of not a lot of depth there. Robinson, did you like Hardeman from Clemson? Not really. I, I, it's the same thing. And well, it's a Clemson guy, right? Not very good. Clemson guy. No, he's not the fastest kid in the world, right? For a wide receiver, um, they can run the football. We've got Patrick Mahomes. Well. And, but and, look at it this way. And most teams don't. Patrick Mahomes and the knocks that we've had on the Packers and not always giving enough wide receivers, uh-huh. they've had enough. And yeah. a great quarterback can turn these guys into good players. They're going to find people. And they're going to find that kind of second-tier free agent that didn't get the contract he wanted on a second contract that, I'll take a year in Kansas City. Yeah, oh, Julio Jones, wouldn't you go for If you're yeah. released, wouldn't you? You've made all the money you need. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to win a ring, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Right. <laughs> uh, that That's the reason that I'm still... I mean, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you leave Green Bay, you're going to... You want that second ring because I get it. Yeah, you won one Super Bowl, but eh, you're not on that list of multiple Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's one of the best to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. But if he goes to Denver, he's got to face the Chargers, who I think had a great draft. Yes. They've got their quarterback. I think they're poised to be a major pain in the ass in that division. And Patrick Mahomes and company, if you're Denver, even with Aaron Rodgers, power rank those three teams. I mean, Denver's got some weapons, man. They Noah do. Phantom, yeah, yeah. Gordon and Sutton and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. They've got some dudes. And I love the running back they took in the second round from North Carolina, Williams. Might be the most talented guy. Yeah, that, but a lot of folks yeah. think that that's the case. Not Najee Harris, not Travis Etienne, this kid. But where are they with Rodgers? Are, they're not the not, uh, number one. No, no. It's two. To beat I'd put the them West. at two. Over the Chargers? I would, yeah. With Aaron Rodgers there? Yeah. I mean, so damn accurate. Yes. But you still have Baltimore. You still have Cleveland ascending. Know, you have you, Buffalo. You have Buffalo there. You have Miami. Mm-hmm. They figure out and get Colts to Colts look like they're a pain in the you-know-what. See what they do at quarterback. Well, they thought question. Carson Wentz is the answer. And they, yeah. That's where they've uh, uh, made their investment. So it was the Raiders, the Broncos, and who was the third team? Uh, Niners. He's not going there. Right, he's not going there. 
Is there anybody in the end? I understand. Now, see, when you said the Dolphins last week, I thought you said to piss me off. <laughs> and if you did, it worked. Yeah. But that makes sense. I think a whole lot. More yes. Sense. You're not trading them in division. Is there anybody in the NFC East? In the NFC East? Cowboys, no. Giant. Giants? Mm-hmm. I think you want them out of the NFC. I think you want them out of I, the I NFC. get it, but. They, tra- they traded far up to the Jets. Right. Now, could could uh, after one year, could here's the here's the here's the home run if you, if you want drama in the, in an off season in the months of May June, <laughs> play one year Aaron Rodgers and then find yourself wearing the purple. Back to it. Or how about the blue and orange? No, you got your guy. Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He, he is, yeah. That would be that would be. Boy, both of those would be uh-huh. home runs. Little wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a good off season? Speaking of uh, my dude Justin Fields, yes. Did you see the Vikings uh, were talking about trading up for I him? Did yes. That's right. Something, and they took Kellen Mond right. They in the, did on day two. Who I like. He I was too. my favorite of the next tier. And in fact, I, I liked him more than Mac Jones. Yeah, but depends what Saturday you watched him. Yes, well, no one doubt. Saturday he could be. Oh my god. And then the next is like, you know, the term I heard that I thought was perfect for him is robotic. Yeah. Where there wasn't a whole lot of, there wasn't a whole lot of Aaron Rodgers there. Mm -hmm. It was, this is my read. This is what I'm going to do. Okay. Now I'm going to talk and run. Here I go. The robotic part. I can't remember. I think it was coaching though in some respects too. Yeah. And that's do not. You got Jimbo in your ear. Uh huh. Do not make Uh that. You do is what we want you to do here. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I think a good spot for him too. Mm-hmm. I do too, because I don't think this is this is, and, and maybe I was going to say I still think this is it for Kirk Cousins. But if this is the Vikings' year and they somehow find a way to go all the way, mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, Jeff Hughes coming up on the Bears and what they did this weekend. We've got another thousand dollar home run uh, that we'd love to uh, help somebody out with a thousand dollars right now, Trent Condon. But if I'm getting my out, it's going to be with the slider. And Bader launches one out to deep left field and his first of the year. It's a three-run homer, and it came on a slider. How about that? Hang it. Three-nothing on the three-run bomb. That's how it ended as the Cardinals started to gain some yes, traction. they are. What are they, 16-12? and 12? I know they're way above 500. Right on the heels of the Brew Crew. Indeed. Um, and a keyword for the 11 o'clock hour is pay. P-A-Y pay. Simple. KXNO.com. Pop-up box appears. Uh, enter the keyword pay. Your chance at $1,000. Jeff Hughes. We will talk about Dub Bears. Next, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 Some roofing companies come and go like a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. For a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing a call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at wolfroofing.net. Or Facebook. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. 
CISN TV, the home for live. What do you do with the extra bread in your wallet? Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Coming up on 1140 on 1460KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Final team we're going to look at today is the Chicago Bears. Jeff Hughes to BearsBlog.com. I love this part of his blog here from today. The Giants logo on the draft ticker was gone. The Bears logo replaced it, and it all changed. In a moment, it changed. A jilted fan base had found love again. Uh, very well written, Jeff Hughes, and it certainly, um, that's exactly the way it turned out when they walked to the podium and Roger Goodell announced that with the 11th overall pick, the Chicago Bears have taken Justin Fields from Ohio State, and suddenly a jilted found base had indeed found love again. Good to talk to you, Jeff Hughes. Well written and well done by your Bears. You know, it's, it might be the single most surprising night in Chicago Bears history. I will tell you, they love Justin Fields, but there wasn't one person in that building who thought he was attainable. Not one. They had resigned themselves to the second-tier quarterbacks. They had resigned themselves to Kellen Mond and Davis Mills and Kyle Trask. They never considered that Justin Fields could escape the 8-9 gauntlet of the Panthers and the Broncos, and I truly believe the reason Justin Fields is on the Bears is because the Denver Broncos believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be on the Broncos. I couldn't agree with you more, Jeff, and I'm a Broncos fan, and I saw it exactly the same way. When at 9 they took a cornerback after a couple hours before saying that Rodgers wants out and Denver's the favorite to get him, when they didn't take a quarterback, I knew that they were betting on the fact that Aaron Rodgers was going to be in Denver. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, and and I, I think that's where the draft started. I think the Bears saw, as that draft progressed, it really came down to Carolina. And when Carolina passed and the Broncos made this bold decision, and I think they happened to be right, the bold decision to wait out Rodgers, the Bears saw their opportunity. They pounced, and they managed to reinvigorate a fan base that was on death row. Let's be honest. I've never felt this fan base be in such a negative place, especially considering the last three years haven't been bad. Right. Twelve and four and two eight and eight. You could be a lot worse, but they just felt as a fan base they were on a on a hill climbing to nowhere. The quarterback position was going to forever hold them back, and instead, they reinvigorated the fan base by getting what I think is one of the most talented quarterbacks to come out in a long time, and a new era begins. You're exactly right, and that's something. In general, Ken knows this. I'm not a real optimistic fan with any team that I root for. It's understating it. I, I usually hate my team pretty much every time, regardless of what sport. But Bears fans and my Bears buddies that I talked to were never that way. And they had all been beaten down to the point where it felt like everybody hated the team that they rooted for. It, it, it was getting that ugly. It just, they weren't a fun team to root for anymore. This changes this. And let's talk about Justin Fields now. Not just as a player, but but being that kind of guy. Being that kind of guy that can galvanize a fan base. I, I, I tweeted something out uh, that kind of went a little viral. And I said, Jake Cutler was the kind of quarterback who didn't really give a damn. Right? That, was that, that was what he sold the fan base. Uh-huh. Mitch Trubisky was the, oh, shucks, I'm just here to do good quarterback. And he was boring as sin. 
This kid is a leader. This kid will galvanize the city. He is someone to get behind. He has a big personality. He has a big arm. This is the kind of athlete the Bears simply never had a quarterback. And while we've watched the rest of the league modernize and put these star quarterbacks, these kids who can run and throw and do all these dynamic things, we've been stuck in the Stone Age. And this was, this was the move out of that era. This is a different kind of player. And I just don't think Bears fans are going to recognize what they see when this kid gets on the field because the ability to throw a 60-yard bomb on a dime and, and light up a fan base, light up a stadium, they're just not used to it. This is a, this is a huge moment for the organization, and nobody should downplay it. Yes, there's always a chance the kid doesn't pan out. It doesn't really matter. It matters long-term. What matters is the Bears recognized this and made the bold move to change the franchise. Well, if you watch the Clemson game and the the kid that went number one overall, and I mean he's really good, but there wasn't a big difference in the quarterbacks uh, in that semifinal. Uh, it's just re- remarkable that um, in the blink of an eye that that could happen for the fan base. It's great for business here because the Bears are one of the teams that 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 moved the needle. What about the folks out there? And I'm not one of them, Jeff, and I know you aren't either. But there are people that thought that the Bears gave up too much to move up that far. No such thing. There is no such thing. I mean, I do spots with you guys all year long, and I say the word quarterback to you 40 times every time I'm on. (laughs) There's no such thing. If this kid, does anybody remember what the Chiefs gave up for Patrick Mahomes? I don't even, I couldn't even even tell you the answer. What did the Texans give up for Deshaun? This is, if this kid pans out, you could have all the first round picks for the rest of my life. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They needed to get this quarter, this uh, position stabilized. And this is what this move was about. As a matter of fact, we were talking about three and four first rounds for Russell Wilson, who's a decade older. Right. If this kid pans out, that what they gave up will be a steal. Then in the second round, they get Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State, a guy that is a mauler. He is yep. physical. He's a mean dude on the football field. He has all those. Now, is he a left tackle? No, but I saw a ton of mock drafts, not just one or two, probably a half dozen that had the Bears taking him at 20, your thoughts on Tevin Jenkins and immediate starters? We get the news that Leno has officially been cut. I do. I did more work on Tevin Jenkins in the lead up to this draft than any other player because people I trust told me the Bears absolutely were in love with it. I never thought the Bears could get up for a quarterback. I just didn't think they had uh, had enough to get into the top ten. They, I don't think they did. Tevin Jenkins is going to be the starting left tackle. I know that they're saying he's going to be a right tackle. I know that there's question marks about whether he can transition to the left side. They think this kid's going to be a left tackle for a long time. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, the Bears got two first-round picks in this draft. And uh, I expect Jenkins to be the anchor of that line, to add toughness, to add physicality. And I actually think he's going to be a star. He was one of my favorite players in this draft. And I think Ryan Pace was brilliant to get up where he did in the second round to get him. Because if you saw right after Pace made that move, there was a run on tackles in this draft and offensive linemen. Pace knew it was coming. He jumped ahead of the group, and he got his guy. Listen, I can't sing Ryan Pace's praises enough for what he pulled off this weekend. I think it was one of the best drafts I've seen a GM pull off. And if he, imagine if he comes out of this with a quarterback of the future and a left tackle mm. of the future. We'll be talking about this draft for years. Mm. And how about the future of Pace and of, uh, of his head coach, Matt Nagy? Uh, clearly have bought themselves more time, if nothing else. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't even start thinking about a new coach or a new GM for two seasons. Yeah. They're going to get this year, definitely. Mm-hmm. They'll bring fields along. I think slowly, I just don't think they'll be 
in a rush. I think Nagy learned a lot from how Andy handled Patrick Mahomes. They knew Patrick Mahomes was ready to play that summer. They knew he could go out there and play. But but Andy stuck to his playbook and said, listen, I'm going to bring this kid along slowly and get him ready for next year. I think you'll see something similar try with Justin Fields. And I think the, the year that they'll sort of be on the clock again will be the 2022 season. But again, if they got the Fields pick right, and this pick was every bit as much Maggie's pick as Payson's pick, if they got that pick right, they're not going anywhere for a long time. Lottery tickets at the end. They had uh, three in the sixth round, one in the seventh. Anybody you feel like has a real chance of sticking there? And all that does. Daz <laughs> Newsome, guys. You like him. I, one of my favorite players in this draft was Daz Newsome. People made fun of me for it. He is a punt returner. He is going to be a slot receiver. I expect him to produce right off the bat for this team. You know, One thing they did by picking uh, Khalil Herbert and Daz Newsome was they got a kick returner and a punt returner in this draft. They clearly went out of their way to replace Cordero Patterson's production. So I think Daz will be on this roster day one. I think he'll be a contributor in the pass game. And I like him as a third option to Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, somebody who can play the underneath game. And especially if Justin Fields gets out there this year, to have somebody like that, a reliable outlet, not going to wow you with his speed, not going to wow you with with his – ability to beat man coverage, but with the ball in his hand, he's dynamic, and I think the Bears will use him. Uh, and last thing, Jeff, in our final minute, just your thoughts uh, on the division, how the other teams did uh, overall, your thoughts on the Lions, thoughts on the Vikings, uh, and of course the Packers, who, uh, if you're a Packer fan, what an awful weekend you just experienced. <laughs> I, I mean, how do we talk about this division right now? Mm. I'm, I'm writing a piece for Wednesday saying we can't even discuss the expectations for 2021 till we figure out who's playing quarterback in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a nuclear bomb to the NFC North. All three of the other teams, to, in my mind, can now win that division. All three, if Aaron Rodgers is not in Green Bay. We do not know what Jordan Love is. The reports were not great last year. He wasn't even active for that team last year. So if Aaron Rodgers is not in the division, I think the Lions had a clear rebuild draft. The Vikings made a couple of interesting picks. I really am fascinated to see Kellen Mond and how he comes along in Minnesota. But I, listen, uh, without Aaron Rodgers in that division, it is a brand new day for many of us who have wanted the Packers to have to play football without a Hall of Fame quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers ain't there, they're going to have to do it in September. And I saw a mock draft that had uh, Detroit Lions picking 28th overall, which means they went a long way in the playoffs. I'm not really sure I'm ready to go there yet, but we shall <laughs> oh, see. Not, right. that's not happen. Uh, Jeff Hughes, <laughs> DeBearsBlog.com. Jeff, uh, congratulations on the uh, weekend that your Bears had. It'll bring a whole lot of readers to DeBearsBlog.com. You'll be glad that you did. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. And all that does. <laughs> See you, buddy. Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog. He's doc. singing. He is. It's been a long time since we had Jeff singing. Uh, I think a, bear, a lot of Bears fans feel the same way. Giddy, Trent, you should be. Yeah. Smile. My quarterback. Talking about my team. I wore, had a Bears t-shirt on one day. I was out running some errands at the hardware store, and mm-hmm. somebody came up to me and talked Justin Fields for 10 minutes. And it's feels different, doesn't it? Does. It does. Yep. It just beat down so many years will it ultimately work who knows but to have At least that for hope. now right and i think dalton starts yes for for a while mm-hmm. um jeff brings up a good i liked what the lions did i do too they didn't go out there and get the next no. quarterback they didn't take a shot at nope. wide receiver x we're going to get mm-hmm. tougher more physical On both sides of the ball right offensive and defensive yep. line i believe 
that's how you should build a football team. Mm-hmm. If you are starting from scratch, and seemingly always the Lions are starting from scratch, I thought that was really good. Yeah, first two, first three picks, o, O-line, DT, DT. Uh, got better in the trenches. We will take a break, come back, finish out the program. Do you have a play? Well, we better get a break yeah. in. We're not going to have time for it. 1460. Soap and laundry. You can see it. Picture it. The building you've always wanted. An expansion of your existing business. A new retail center where your growth really begins to take off. You've got the vision, but now what? Now you connect with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at graphitegrp.com. Hi, Miller and Condon, 5 before noon, running out of show. Trent Condon, what is your P.O.D.? The Cleveland Indians, soon to be Cleveland Spiders, my play of the day. Minus 120 is the price. It'll be Savali, who I love, the curveball specialist. Uh, Bullpen game for the Royals, and they're starting with a guy that is making his debut for the 2021 season. Minus 120. Pretty good price there with Cleveland down in KC. All right, uh, Cubs fans, you will see Bueller tonight. You will see Kershaw tomorrow and Bauer on Wednesday as your last place Cubs try to get back in the win column. We'll see. All right, Iowa State conversation tomorrow at 1030. Michael Swain will join us. We'll recap the spring with them. Uh, what else we can do? Matt Snyder on baseball and then a little bit more draft stuff looking ahead as well. Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.